my mama call, see you on TV Since that shit done changed Ever since we was on, I dreamed it all Ever since I was young, they said I won't be nothing Now they always say congratulations Worked so hard, forgot how to vacation They ain't never had the dedication People hating, say we changing, look, we made it Yeah, we made it Welcome back to Underemployed, episode 71, fifth anniversary spectacular. Hard to believe, David. February 8th, 2018, a lifetime ago in many senses, but yet this podcast done got birthed, and now here we are all these years later. We are truly humbled. No, we're not humbled, actually. In fact, we've grown... If anything, we've grown more egotistical. Right. Which we've deserved, because we've put on great content for five years God right now. Goddamn right. Yeah. And now you people are joining us for our very special celebration. Uh, our, our podcast is now in kindergarten. Yes. Uh, speaking more full sentences. Allegedly. Uh, making, making more friends on the podcast playground. Uh, there's that, you know, whatever, whatever podcast is your niche, we join it. I love it. We are, we cross all, we bridge all gaps. We gap all bridges. We gap all bridges. If you have never listened to an anniversary special before, as we say every year, first of all, how dare you? Go back and listen to every single episode in chronological order. Damn right. Um, but what we do is we like to take some time to reflect and genuflect and look back and other synonyms for reflect. Genuflect? I haven't been at mass in... Almost 15 years. This this podcast is our confessional. All right, Usher. This is our... I think it was a big boy line he said on what was it, Well, but also... The music is our confessional. Well, Usher also had the confessions volume one and two. Yes. I think one was the that spoken word intro where... Yes. And then Confessions Part 2 was, of course, where it's he... The whole song. The whole song. That's, I guess, somehow makes uh, Yeah part of a concept album? Wow, Tell us a story. Wow, we got really deep here. I didn't expect that. I should explain. I told David, I'm on no sleep. This shift is starting to get to me. So things that might not, things that might not make you go wow will definitely make my brain explode at this point. What the fuck is going on? I can't go to sleep. Just because. You know, Am I going to be taking advantage of this? Sure. Absolutely. We got a long show ahead of us, everybody. So yeah, we got it. Uh, first episode up. Episode 58. State of the show. It's a concept I'd thought of for, for a while, and David really embraced it. It was our first ever State of the Union, in essence, show, which we should do again soon, although we're not going to get in time for the State of the Union, because as we're recording this, the State of the Union is tomorrow, so give us some time. But we'll write our speeches. I was very happy with how we did it, with the earnest yet insincerity that makes Underemployed special. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a short episode, but one of the patterns I gathered from David's speech in particular, which was very moving and touching, was a requirement from most of those in attendance when we gave our speech. And you will hear it now in this clip. To stand on this stage tonight with my oldest and dearest friends, to look out at all of your adoring faces, to hear the sounds of merch being bought, well, it brings me great joy. Especially that last part, we've got to make them minimum for the venue, so get together. You all could have been anywhere in the world tonight, and you chose to be here, with us. And we appreciate that. We really do. 
but we're also going to need everyone to hit the drink minimum or merch minimum. So open up those wallets and start spending that sweet, sweet stimmy check. And it's with that goal in mind that I again ask you all to start buying some drinks or something. We got bills to pay, especially our lawyers from the Undies fiasco. Dependence, this place is giving me the light. That's the end of my set. The podcast is strong, but will be made stronger when everyone hits the two drink or buys a shirt. Thank you. Good night. What I love about that was that it was very subtle. If you listen closely, David was making a point throughout the speech that he gave. Of, I did my best. You know, hey, we really need to hit this because we need money. And if I recall, money was good that night. Money was good. Money was very good. People listened to David and they said, we, we, will, we will rise to the occasion. We will, we will reach the stars of whatever crazy money requirement they have. Look, in the future, we will be able to negotiate for a better contract that doesn't have us so beholden to drink, drink and merch minimums with venues. But yeah. now is not that time. We got to start somewhere. We got to start somewhere. And I would also challenge people to go back and listen to that episode. We kept almost every single promise that you and I delivered in our speeches. And that is no small task, given some of the things we promise. In fact, one of them I think we will hear later on in this show. But we, uh, we worked hard on it. Goddamn That's right. what we do. Next episode, classic every year, the March Madness Mascot Melee, the fourth edition. Of course, as I remind people every year, we lost an addition to COVID. And as I remind people every year, the worst tragedy of COVID was losing March Madness for that exact reason. Absolutely. But we persevered. Also reminding now, I have another idea for a bracket in the future. I want to tell you off air, but that's besides the point. Um, I would say I listened back and I went, oh, I didn't edit that as cleanly as I would have liked because I also realized we record that every year right before we have to drop it. So I'm just like rushing through it. But it's a great episode every year. If you don't remember our, uh, our final, David, do you remember what our final was? Was it Cal State Fullerton? Yes! Look at that memory. Do you remember and... who they beat? It was a pre it was a previous winner of the March Madness mascot man. Was it Duke? No. Further south. Very was far it, south. Was it Miami? It was. Cal State Fullerton we had beating Miami. Now that's right. Cal State Fullerton, I believe, lost in the play-in game, and I believe Miami lost in the first round. But that's the magic of the March Madness mascot melee. It's the, it's the magic of the battle bracket. It just every year. Um one of the things I liked when I went back and listened was I forgot about was that we talked about, and I don't know if you remember this, the history of Loyola of Chicago's nickname. Because I did not know this until I researched this the day we recorded that episode. The Ramblers? Yes. I did not remember this. So, let's, say, uh, let's take a trip back to March. The story I wanted to tell David was that their mascot was not always a wolf, Loyola Chicago. I was looking it up because I was curious. Let's go back in the way back. This is part of not super way back, but way back for us. In 1982, a a new mascot, Bo Rambler, short for Hobo, carried on the Rambler tradition because initially their mascot was a guy. He rambled and he walked. The athletic press packet for the season portrayed a bum rambling across the LU logo. In 1990, Loyola stopped using Bo, citing the rationale that a homeless man did not seem to be a fitting mascot. For a top-notch university. Yeah, that, that's fair. That story delighted me. I would have loved to see what we would do in this tournament if we had a homeless man in the bracket. Um, we don't have to worry about that. But I did enjoy the idea that their mascot used to be a bum. And I didn't know that until about two hours ago. 
But delightful. Get out of the street, you fucking bum. Now, I, I, I stand by that where I really would be intrigued by what the hell we would do every year in a mascot bracket with a homeless person. It depends on the matchup. I know. Say, theoretically, they play the Michigan Wolverines. Wolverines oh. probably winning, but... Mm-hmm. Wolverines aren't that big. Right. If it's a homeless man with his wits about him, then yeah. that, unfortunately that, that Wolverine is going to be dinner. Exactly. See see how much fun we could have? Now, the wolf's a better mascot. Don't, don't get me wrong. It, it's a cool, majestic mascot, but perchance to dream, wouldn't it be great if we had that type of weird mascot in the bracket every year? Ugh, missed opportunity. A bindle loaded full of doorknobs beating the crap out of people. See, this is what the mascot melee has done to us. And I, and I love it. It's amazing. Next episode took us a while. I had to move. We had to get things settled. And because it was a 10th episode, we had to get a guest. So it all converged in, I want to say, late May. Um, where we got our old pal, Nick Livingston, back on the show. A.K.A. Dick Givingstone. A.K.A. Dick Lickingstone. A.K.A. The Cat Daddy himself, part that, three. That's right. Yeah. Um, Nick, as we've said before, the first time he was on the show, we're not exaggerating, and we, we say it all the time just to emphasize how crazy this is. Nick, out of everyone we have had on, is the most downloaded episode we've ever had. I don't get it. I don't like it. I wish it weren't true. It's perversely amusing. Just like Nick. Yes. Just like Nick. Just like Nick. Now, Nick's second episode has not gone anywhere near his first episode in terms of download numbers. Thank God. I'd like to think that is karmic retribution. But what do I know? I'm just some weird guy who can't sleep. So I'm not here to judge. What I will say is that uh, listening back, David and uh, how do I say this? I think David and Nick were not, David particularly, uh, you may not have been in the best state to record that episode, uh, listening back. (laughs) You can go back and listen to it. Uh, David sounds like he had slept negative six hours, so you can put two and two together on that. Um, And the episode was called Flying Squirrels Fever. Didn't even mention the Flying Squirrels, but I just moved to Richmond. I felt like, okay, it was a reference. Now... The clips I picked from this episode, I don't remember the exact ones, even though I've done it over the past few days. It was, well, no, I vaguely remember. They were very dark, but very funny. It's this true spirit of Nick. David, you unfortunately were the victim of some of this. Let's take a listen. For my birthday, uh, we had some folks over mm-hmm. post Fool's Fest for the day. Not and Nick. Nick he, was invited. He, he Nick I was invited. I was unable to make it. Nick had another thing. Yeah. Um, Coward. Yeah. It's not, fine. No, I don't feel. I don't was feel sick. I don't know. Yeah, was I? I don't know. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait one second. Maybe that was a fucking kidney stone week. Yes, that, that was, might have been. That was the kidney stone week. I didn't want to say it if you didn't want to say it, but yes, that was. That's what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't so, be surprised. So, so yeah, sorry, I had coming. dick surgery. <laughs> Couldn't make it to your birthday party. <laughs> Finally, someone said it. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> selfish. Man, you, yeah, no, Nick, you're you're a real selfish asshole. Yeah. But, but yeah, Bethany. At least Ryan, I only have one. <laughs> Damn, son. <laughs> you fucking got him. <laughs> that was closed. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, so just because you put some boards on top don't mean it's not a well. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. 
I think the first year you did it, you you told me that Shaq was trash and Kobe Bryant was trash, and you sent that I think three days after Kobe died in a helicopter crash. That was, <laughs> which <laughs> so the so timing, up. the timing There's was no it, way I knew about the that. The timing was like interesting. That. No, you probably had heard that Kobe died. It was oh a big God, story. It was kind of kind of a big, of a big story. The quote clips, kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. And maybe uh, I sent it to you, and then it happened before you no, recorded and no, aired the episode. No, that sounds more. Lovely. I will even go through our Instagram messages to prove that it was after the day it happened. But it was in 2020, right? Yes, you sent. Yeah, you you. <laughs> Hold on. Holy shit. That'd be so fucked up if I did that. <laughs> it's, not that I'm going to do it. It's on record. In it's my on. defense, I was smoking way too much weed during oh, that portion of the pandemic. Oh, good. That's your excuse. Yes. Smoke weed. I was literally fucking comatose. You're going to be good with a thoughtful thing for the for the True. Test. So you got this. Yeah, you don't have to worry true. about that. Oh, man. The one I'm going to give it yours will be just... I, we'll cut that, but just... Oh, it'll be the same thing. Very quick and very sincere. Very quick and very sincere. I might make some cancer jokes. <laughs> Please do. You have to. <laughs> yeah. You have to. I mean, butthole jokes and cancer jokes. Like, it's it's easy picking. He's, he's got both. Yeah. <laughs> he's a two-trick pony. <laughs> oh, What's the other... He's got That's two a... assholes and he's riddled with cancer. <laughs> <laughs> this guy... <laughs> That would have that episode was off the rails, uh, as you can tell. Immediately off the rails. And you, and you people have to understand because I'm playing the original clip. Over, I'm laughing just as hard this time as I. Yes, <laughs> David, you are a good sport. I can confirm. Jack's face is tomato red. You're a good sport for putting up with all that. I appreciate it. And you know what? That is the embodiment of Nick. Again, very dark. But this is a show that prides itself on. David even referenced my mental health struggles in the in the state of the show episode, and I was laughing harder than any than any other part of that show. When you're when you're good friends, you gotta you gotta go dark sometimes. Um, now I will say, every year, David and I do try and get a message out of Nick. However, sadly, Nick has not responded to my request for an audio message this year. You are scum! Even though we graciously let him back on our show. We had him back on our show and Nick couldn't even... Luddite. And you know what? I'm going to go one step further. Troglodyte. Philistine. Harlot. And he's not even a, and he's not even a lady. Sausage wallet. I'm going to stop there because I'm worried with where we're going with this. <laughs> Wait, actually, I have to ask, what is a sausage roll? A whore. Oh, that Oh, that makes so much more sense. Nick, you are a whore. And I'm very disappointed in you, Nick, uh, because we've given you this platform to spread your word, spread your your seed of knowledge, as it were. Ah, God, no. It's probably not, not going to recruit best. anything with Nick in spreading seed. That's true. Probably not the best analogy. But the point being, Nick, that we have given you an incredible opportunity and you couldn't even return the favor for a fifth year in a row. Which, now that I'm saying it, does sound a little one-sided. But still, very rude. So rude. So rude. Having said that, Nick, we'd love to have you back on the show at some point. Just, you know, give us some time to mentally recover from the last time. Next episode is 61, fifth Q&A, Daddy's Gotta Eat, because I love putting in daddy references, because I know David does not abide by it, but I made one one time, and we've gone with that. Um, first one in a while, 
One of the questions, it's not on this, but one of the questions that was interesting to me was that we were both pondering about making friends in a new city and how hard it is. And I, A, I'm glad to say I've made a lot of friends in Richmond and B, I'm excited, David, for whatever opportunities arise in your future. I do think, since since we just shit on you for like 10 minutes in that Nick clip, um, I think you undersell your ability to make friends at like new cities and new spots. And I think that just wanted to say for the record, whatever your future holds, I think you're going to be in a good spot with that. Thank you. Of course. I do mean that. I'd like to throw in some occasional sincerity so that it's not just me shitting on you all the time. Although now looking at what I wrote down for with the clip I chose, it says one of the most David moments in the history of ever. Oh, oh yeah. I know what this is. All right. Take a listen. Brian from uh, Arlington. Discuss your favorite human with missing or extra extremity. Okay. That was one I meant to ask. Oh. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so favorite funny. human with a missing or extra extremity? Rick Allen. Rick Allen. Rick Allen, drummer from drummer who has played for the band Def Leppard since 1978 with yeah. one arm for a lot of that time. Oh, pour some sugar on him. All right. Uh, Brian also asked the best. That was White. That was White Snake. Uh, was close not Def Leppard. By the way, it was Def Leppard, and I would like to publicly shame David for being so loudly wrong and insistently wrong about a. You know. It happens. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, took it out. Or, I, yeah, you know, I'm not going to apologize for not being all that versed in hair metal. Do you want to start a hair metal cover band? No. Is it because we don't? Neither you know where I have enough. I mean, it's the point? irony would be in both of us balding. Yes, that's true. But also, we don't have the musical abilities to do it. Although we can figure out a way to do it. Is it any different than Max Sabbath, the uh, McDonald's themed Black Sabbath cover band? I did not know this existed. I sent you a vi- uh, an Instagram post about that. Oh, you may... Okay. Send it to me again. I'm sure I watched it and liked it. I don't remember it off the top of my head. But again, I'm on like an hour and a half of sleep. So I'm going to blame that. I can't go to sleep. I can't shut my eyes. Episode 62. The Summer G's now. I want to point out, this is not to shit on you, but this is actually a benefit to you. You at the end of the episode said the Jags wouldn't even win five games this year and you were down. And lo and behold... Jacksonville Jaguars, David, what did they do this year? They made it to the first, they made it out past the first round of the playoffs. And did so by win, by completing a 27-point comeback in the process. One of the most improbable in NFL history. Now, some would argue that they may have beaten the Chiefs if they had Urban Meyer on the sideline, but I, I don't know. It's neither here nor there, right? I, I hard disagree. You called it, you, you once said he is a leader of men like no one I've ever seen. I have that on the record somewhere. I would love to see that record. All right, you called my bluff. I don't have it. But Urban Meyer, I think, could have gotten them to the mountaintop. Doug Peterson, the great only job mountaintop them Urban Meyer's getting them to is, is, is groping and probably self righteousness. But the point being, Urban Meyer did give us a lot of good content on Underemployed, so we never, for, we never forget the people who have given us content over the years. Certainly. Yeah. Um, Lou Baga? Yeah. Rest in peace. Miss, miss the homie. This is also the episode with the Mark McGuire challenge in it. Um, now, I don't remember the clip I picked from this episode. I don't remember if it talks about the Mark McGuire challenge or not. Honestly, I forgot to write it down. So we're, we're all going to experience this together. For the Coming episode. in blind. Coming in blind. Episode 62 of Underemployed. I'm now issuing, issuing the Mark McGuire challenge for 62. Now, if you don't remember, everyone remembers that Mark McGuire hit his 62nd homer in 1998 to break Roger Maris's record. Mm-hmm. Of course, we broke, when he hit 70, got broken years later by Barry Bonds, true American hero. Um, when Mark McGuire broke the record, it was on national TV on Fox. True American pin- Um 
I'm going to ignore that. And when Mark McGuire hit his 60-second homer, it was on Fox against the Chicago Cubs. And it was a Tuesday night. And yet 43 million people watched that game. So we are now issuing the Mark McGuire Challenge. Here we are on Tuesday night. We are trying to get 43 million listeners to this podcast. So you have to tell your friends, your family, your friends, at this rate, your enemies. And we, by the end of the year, want 43 million people of you to have listened to this This is like Amway, but nobody has to buy in. Exactly. You need to get seven friends to get seven friends. And now, if you do, uh, we will reward you guys by... uh, Tell you what. If we get 43 million listeners to episode 62, David will buy one of you a sandwich and he'll get a beer from his line of work. Sure. Okay. And it's not going to be a big, it's not going to, don't get stupid. It's not going to be like a party size hoagie. It's, it's, you know, a sandwich. You can have a sandwich, but it'll be a sandwich. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll buy one lucky listener a sandwich. All right. So this was our longest running theme of the year. Contest, even. I mean, we said it. I mean, David, we we talked about how it was a trending topic on social media. I remember you went out and you were, you know, stapling flyers to phone poles and everything. I mean, we went old school with this. And I, I looked up the download numbers at the beginning of the year when the clock struck midnight. And I'm very proud to say... We're only 42 million short? Yes. We tried very, very, very hard, but we didn't quite get to 43 million listeners. Um, But if you people keep listening and participating in the Mark McGuire Challenge, we will send one of you a congratulatory... We'll we'll, we'll send you a cameo 15% off from our normal fee of what I assume at that point will be probably $400 a cameo. You know. Um, now, also a question about the cameo: Do we do them separately, or we probably do them together, right? We do them together. Yeah, we have to. I mean, we're a brand. We're the new, we're the new Bodega Boys. There, I say. Who's not not without the ending part? We don't have a victor. We also <laughs> true. That's a that's inside baseball. But yeah, well, Nick could end up being that just by proxy of Nick being Nick. Uh, anyway. Um, so we didn't quite reach our Mark McGuire challenge goal. However, I'm very proud of the effort you people put into the social media uh, aspect of it, uh, bumping it out car windows. Uh, it was probably our most successful viral challenge to date. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, like David said, we fell a little bit short. Uh, exactly how short? It's not important. I wouldn't worry about it. But you know what? Maybe we'll get him next time. That's what matters the most. So this also started an interesting trend with episode 63, which was Golden Ticket to the Rock Nation Brunch, which, by the way, my door's still open. David did not express the interest I had in going to the Rock Nation Brunch. Well, you, you dress up really well for that. I still have, I still have, uh, I'm expressing little to no interest. You went to the Roots Picnic. It's the same thing. This time, though, you just got to dress in, like, a, a overly fancy suit or something like that. And I don't know. Play croquet with Pharrell or something. It would be great. I could play croquet with Pharrell. That would be so fun. It would lead to a lot of I want to hear what color... I want to know what colors Pharrell is hearing as the croquet balls carom off of each other. I do feel like trying to get inside the mind of a man who has made all those beats over the years, it would, it, it would be too much to handle. But I'm like you. I kind of want to hear what he's thinking when he hit, hits that. Is, is he going to use croquet as his next batch of samples? That's... He could, actually. He remakes Grindin' with nothing but croquet balls. 
That made me laugh. I don't know if that made anyone else laugh, but that made me laugh. Um, but so we started recording a lot because I knew that, you know, David David has the ability to come down to Richmond and these are better in person. So let's just, let's get the ball rolling. So we started recording every couple weeks again. It was fun, like the old days of underemployed. So that was, that was fun. Also, you people have to understand, for David and I, this is the chance for us to actually catch up on life and talk. We talk well before we start recording. We hang out after we record, like, you know. It's good to hang out with my best friend again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's good to get content out of it, I suppose. Um, Now, you did shoot us down us having an NFT in the episode. Yes. Um, I understand your logic, but I would like us to think of a way where we could also make money off of our licensing. That's fine. Yes. But not an NFT. What if we started taking cuts of... um, Pack dances, maybe we could do that with Beth. You want us to come modify an intellectual property that we don't have license to? You make it seem way harder than it is. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's harder. I'm just saying that we're, we're also I have running, no idea how it works. We're also now running into legal consequences. Yeah, it's easier. For, it's easy for us to monetize our own likeness. You know, I will say this: in the five years that we've been doing the show, this whole show's mantra has been running free of legal consequences for stuff that we probably should be at this point catching. You know what I mean? Yeah, but we've we've picked our battles. We've, That's We've not we've not cast a net into into needless confrontation yeah. and problem. Now let's give some background too for this episode. We recorded it, fun episode, enjoyed it. We recorded it on September seventh. It was gonna release on September 9th. However, on September eighth, tragedy struck the underemployed universe when our beloved queen, Queen Lizzie, tragically perished due to what we assume and hope with natural causes. Lizzie's in a box in a box. And it's that sort of sincerity. Charles will be there soon. It's that sort of humility and sincerity that really makes underemployed the juggernaut that it is. And I remember I was coming back from getting a haircut and I found out that uh, the queen had tragically passed. And I remember David called me in a fury and he said, if you don't let me get my message to my queen out in the world. Eulogize the queen, yes. Yeah, and I will say, you're about to hear it, David not getting invited to the funeral to give this outrage. It's a it's I'll it's, never forgive them. And you shouldn't because this was such a missed opportunity and I'm going to play it and if you people don't get choked up hearing what David wrote to me. With Jack read because I was inconsolable. Right, exactly. And the fact that you were able to write this on such notice such short notice was admirable. You you gained a lot of my respect and a lot of the listeners' respect that day. Um, Hopefully I've lost all of that. Oh, we'll get to more clips where you definitely do. But let's play this one where David peaked. The news of Her Majesty's death has rocked me to my core, as no woman has impacted my life as much as Elizabeth's, for whom my mother is named after. I have always been fascinated by British culture, from Thomas the Tank Engine to Man's Not Hot, and have stand our queen for as long as I can remember. I may not agree with every decision the monarchy makes, but I definitely agree with most of them, and Lizzie stands tall in that regard. Every little boy dreams about one day being the Queen of England, and while I fear I may never quite make it to the throne, I am thrilled that I have been blessed enough to live in the same timeline as both Queen Elizabeth II and also Gary Busey. Bethany and I send our warmest prayers out to the entire royal family, and everyone who spells color with a U. Uh, 
beautiful words from a beautiful man. So, of course, all of you out there in underemployed land, we want you to uh, stay safe and stay strong in these troubling times and remember the good. And remember that, Lizzie, you are truly a candle in the wind. Footsteps will always fall here, Protect Gary Busey at all costs. That was beautiful. You found the right words to praise the right people. Uh, you snuck in a Gary Busey reference, which, when you're talking about British monarchy, doesn't always come to mind. But I get it. I want to hear from you, David, what your thought process was when you were trying to properly put into perspective this woman who had meant so much to you. Lizzie's in a box. And she's in a box. Okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. Sometimes, sometimes the best writing and the best songwriting even, it just comes from... It just comes spontaneously. You Look, I, I credit the Northern Irish for that song. Mm-hmm. And the Irish in general, actually. Yeah, that's true. Well, Lizzie, I hope you're enjoying Thug's Mansion. And I in hope, your box. And, well, I think she's more in a box down here and in spirit. And I, I don't, you know. No, she's just in a box. Okay, well. Lizzie, uh, you were obviously a huge inspiration for us starting this show. And as David said... He always dreamed of being the Queen of England. and Absolutely. You know, we'll, uh, we'll see you again someday, my friend. I want to touch the crown jewels. Mm-hmm. Episode 64, BBL equals BDE. I want to update everybody, um, and, and David, because David and I talked a lot about this. I've still not gotten a BBL. David said, I think you should get one. It would really boost your confidence and probably boost your lady ability. And I said, I've never heard you call it lady ability. And you said, shut the fuck up. Correct. And then we went about our business. But I do feel like maybe this is the next step for us and the show is me going through the process of getting a BBL and documenting it for the people. You and Kim will have something in common. Besides at one point being big fans of Kanye and now not as much. That's, an, I guess, another thing we probably have in common. Two things now you'd have two in things common have, with Kanye. That's right. Two things we have Kim. in common. Yeah, two things I have in common with Kim. Um, also... Unrelated, do you have $8,000 you can lend me? No. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Maybe the BBL will have to wait. But until then, I'll just have to wait with my pancake ass. And you know what? I'm at peace with that. Squats. Yeah. Lunges. I will say in all sincerity, I cannot. My issue is I can't squat. For, I've had a, my back isn't great for it. It sucks. But oh well, you know. Michelangelo's David has a has a tiny wiener. Like, not every perfect thing can be perfect all the way around. You know what I mean? Well, that was perfect by Greek standards. True. They saw, they saw large penises as a sign of uh, unintelligence. Really? And crassness, yeah. You know the first person to ever say that? Hmm. A guy with a small dick. Very insecure, and he just said, oh, I've heard that people with big dicks are really dumb. Yeah. That's exactly, probably. That's probably exactly what happened. Probably. Anyway, we, this is actually going back to our Jags point. This was a very classic underemployed moment, and we'll, we'll circle back to it once we play the clip. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now one in one. As da- David, what did you point out the stats to me when we were DVOA walking? DVOA has them as, I think, the second best team in the NFL because of their third-ranked defense and their ninth-ranked offense. As God is my witness, it is 6.33 p.m. on September 20th, the year of our Lord, 2022. 
we're predicting right here that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win their first ever AFC championship this year and going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I have Doug Peterson. Yes. And you heard when when the Jags reach the mountaintop, when the Jags go to the top of the mountain, we are going to celebrate our accomplishment. If you go back in the history of underemployed, back all the way to episode four, which most of you admittedly probably hopefully haven't listened to because that's one of those early episodes that doesn't need to exist. David Hart came on this show and he said in the World Series, the Oakland A's would play... Was it Kansas City? No, that was another year you picked two AL... You picked, I think it might have been Cincinnati that year, but you picked two AL teams one year. But either way, you picked the Oakland A's to make the World Series. Now, the Oakland A's had been terrible for about three years at that point. They had no expectations in 2018. And yet, David, in what many thought was a stupid pick and a hot take, David, what happened to the Oakland A's? They made the wild card. They did make the wild card. To everyone's surprise, but not David's, because David believed. He believed in the green and gold. He believed in Moneyball. He believed in the spirit of ba- the magic of baseball. That wild elephant thing. Yes, which is sort of a weird mascot. I forget why it's there, but it's... I'm, World's get, Fair, probably. Probably something like I think it is something like that. This was dangerously close. This, this, I, would, I would say this was our football version of that Oakland A's pick. One and one Jacksonville Jaguars, who at one point on the season were two and seven. Yep. Came pretty damn close to beating the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Yep. And going to the AFC Championship game. And then at that point, it's anyone's ball game. Yep. So, yes, we have our hot takes. And yes, sometimes we are wrong. Yes, we did have a runner where we thought LeBron James would go to the Utah Jazz in free agency at one point. Look, it, it made sense it, at the it time. Made, it made sense. I still believe it made sense. It made a lot of sense. It, I never said it was a good idea. I just, it made a lot of sense. And if you go back, I think it was eight, episode eight or something, I, I was going, and you could hear me in the moment go, oh, son of a bitch, it actually has a point. <laughs> Look, the only thing against, the only thing working against Utah was that it was a small market. Yeah. Yeah, when you think LeBron, he's like, probably not Salt Lake City. But sometimes, you know what? Sometimes we we hit magic. And that Jacksonville Jaguars run was very magical. Um, I'm glad they didn't play the Ravens in the playoffs because I probably would have stabbed David in the stomach if the Jags had been the Ravens. And I don't even love football that much. I just would have done it because it's the one sport we have, like, overlapping teams in it. So I'm glad it didn't have to come to that. Yeah, because the Wizards. Oh, wait. The Lakers are also dog shit. I'd like to point out something for the record. <laughs> right now, yes, the Lakers are four games under 500. Sure, if you want to look at their record. But they're playing well. They're, they were 1.2 they were in 10. Oh, boy. LeBron's about to break the scoring record either tomorrow as we're recording this or Thursday. That's fair. You know. Yeah, it is good for them. And... I want to Hall of Fame regardless. Yeah, so you know what? We'll get to it later to where I talk about the Lakers and all that, but that's okay. Right now, I'm enjoying life and I'm enjoying How are you going to feel when the Knicks make the playoffs? All right, we're moving on. We're going to have to call Joe at some point to get his get his take on that. I almost said we should call Joe for the for another thing we're about to talk about. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, you looked eager to talk. That was just, that's just all I was going to say was, was how are you going to feel when the Knicks make the playoffs right. and the Lakers don't? Well, so episode 65, Glue Gals and Thems, 
Um, little fun fact I didn't realize till later, the, the intro music was dropped by Farside and the outro music was up. So, kind of a yin and yang. I wish I could say that was intentional. I probably just randomly decided those songs. Contrast. Um, the, the irony of that episode, and I mentioned it in the show, was that you and I were recording when, episode, when Aaron Judge was on 61 Homers. Mm-hmm. He had not hit one in two weeks. I start, record, I start editing the episode, and I miss Aaron Judge at 62 because I'm recording this stupid fucking podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> and I'd watch like, every bad of his for three weeks, and I was like, oh, this is a fucking jip. Um, we unfortunately, we talked in this episode that we were trying to buy the Phoenix Mercury. Here's what happened. The Mercury were too bound by also buying the Suns. And as David and I mentioned in that episode, David, we, we couldn't afford the Suns. No. Mercury, sure. Like, just get some crowdsourcing and funding. Big adventure we capital. Absolutely. That. And true. And also, we would, have, we would have slayed as owners of the Mercury. Mm. We would have been great owners. Unfortunately, not in the cards, but that's okay. Um, if you get the Mark McGuire challenge up. Maybe. Maybe. We could, buy, we could buy the Minnesota Lynx or something like that, at least. Um, Congratulations, Maya Moore, on your retirement, by the way. Yeah, absolute salute. Amazing player. She, uh, I know she did a lot of good work in her career, and I know she took time off, too, to, for good causes in her life. I, I, I admire, admire her a lot. Speaking of admiration, I believe the clips that we're about to play are of two of the people I admire most in this world. Let's take a listen. And I will also say, to Barry Bonds' credit, so Aaron Judge hit his 60th homer two weeks ago today, mm-hmm. and has only hit one since then. Barry yeah. Bonds did the opposite. He, when the pressure was on, remember, post 9-11, this country was sad. This country was depressed. We've talked about this a bunch of times. How you personally were crying, but Barry Bonds brought you back into the fold. Just Absolutely. Like and Barry Bonds, with all that pressure, with America, with the weight of a winged eagle on his shoulder, still managed to break Mark McGuire's... Huge wingspan, by the way. Yeah, I know. Okay. Like eight feet. <laughs> that also allegedly grew in his late 30s. Beyond that. Um, oh, no, 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 no. The eagle. I'm saying Bonds had a big enough wingspan to hold that eagle. Because, you know. That's fair. Yeah. So, Strong enough shoulders to not get torn apart by the talons. Ex- ex- exactly. When you got traps that big. Mm, yeah, I mean, when they're so full of scar tissue from all the nails. Okay, okay. We're going to move on from that. I agree. Like, Rihanna's a, Rihanna's a great pick for Super Bowl halftime show. But I will also say, was John Cena not available? He's got He's set- too busy making wishes come true. <laughs> My wish is to see John Cena perform the Super Bowl halftime show. His album alone has 17 well, tracks. Get cancer. He's got... <laughs> David, I mean, come on, you're sitting right here. Couldn't you say that your, <laughs> your cancer came back? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's a little mean, but couldn't we use you to our advantage? We could, but yeah. I'm not going to waste my wish on you. You're not to see the performing at the halftime. Waste. 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 Wow. Waste. You wouldn't want to hear You Can't See Me in its entirety? Absolutely not. That's a disrespectful act to one of the defining albums of our generation. Enjoy life for five minutes, man. It's not going to kill you. That's uh, a way to describe that album. And, and, and the correct way to describe that album. John Cena. Coaster is a better one. Wow. Coaster. You rude boy. To unintentionally use a Rihanna reference, jeez. Only if he can do this, uh, the halftime show as uh, uh, Peacemaker. That's a good compromise. I will accept that. I mean, and, he did they the, he the, did and they do the dance. He did the. That's the opening song. Do you want to taste it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the opening song for it, of course. And then he goes into his track. Yes, that's a fair compromise. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, getting somewhere. What getting you just listened there. to was David and Jack. Diplomacy Jackie. at work. Dipl- <laughs> that was actually very impressive that you and I did come to an idea of a Super Bowl halftime show together. And I dare I say, as great as I think Rihanna will be this Sunday, I think we came up with a better halftime show right there. I won't know. I'm going to be at league. 
What I, I say this with all due respect. What sports league holds an event during the biggest sporting event in the country? Ultimate Frisbee. Fair. I guess that goes without explanation. That makes sense. What sport do I actively still play, Jack? Ultimate Frisbee. That's fair. I also... I didn't want to make the clips from the episode too long, but there was something else that happened in that episode. And... I put an underemployed curse on the New York Jets because they benched Joe Flacco. And I said, as long as Joe Flacco was playing football and not starting, the New York Jets would not make the playoffs. Now, the Jets, at one point, I think were 5-2. Might have been 6-2, but I think 5-2. They had a winning record. They did, by a good margin. And you know what happened to the New York Jets? 7-9, missed the playoffs. And you know why, David? Because Zach Wilson was a reach. And they bring up in their face? I will accept that as a partial reason. What the biggest reason was that Joe Flacco... They don't have enough outside support to get anything going with an offensive line that is notoriously porous? Joe Flacco, on the bench, not contributing to the team. Yeah, they don't want to risk a man who's in his 30s getting broken in half by an offensive line that can't block water. You know what? I actually can accept that as reason. If they don't want Joe Flacco to get hurt, you know, that would be a national tragedy. Peanut, I know you're probably listening, and I want to say this. The Jets curse stands until the Joe Flacco situation has been resolved one way or the other. And if you want to retort, you are welcome to call in to the show. However, it would be difficult because this is pre-recorded. So I guess just... There's a group text with you, me, and David. Just text. send a voice note. Just send a voice note or something. We'll figure it out from there. Uh, episode 66, All Falls Down. That, of course, uh, reference to the, the Kanye West fiasco. Sorry, yay. He lately changed his name. We recorded that episode right before the Chris Rock concert. And it's funny how in that recording we spelled out our own doom. I think we were talking about how, oh, we'll find parking pretty easily. Yeah, we're just going to head out there. And as we've said many times we since We did then, not. One of the dumbest things we've ever done. And we missed out on probably some good material, but we also saw plenty. So, yeah. you know. If we missed 15, 20 minutes, it sucks, but... We got, we got an hour and 15. Yeah. Some of the hardest laughs I've ever had. Um, again, good talk on Kanye. We, I, I try to be funnier, but I like when we also have sincere talks about things, like when Mac Miller died or DMX died. This was a good, you know, sincere talk. Uh, we had news jabs come back. That was fun. And I want to play this clip without context, and then... I want to wrap it all around when it's said and done. Take a listen. Shaq and John Cena, I also want to say, if you guys want to make that collabo album I've been waiting for for 15 years, I will always be waiting for it. Yeah. Two of the best athlete rappers of all time. No, no, no. Not two of. The best two athlete rappers of all time. I'll say it. Name, name a better athlete rapper than Shaq or John Cena. You're actually going to struggle, right? I mean, I'm struggling to think of any of them that are good. It's such yeah. a low bar. But that bar's been jumped over regardless. Stepped over. I fuck like a fiend, fiend, fiend with three dicks. Fuck a 16, teen, teen. I'm just sick. Now, of course, that line was, of course, just flaming hot. The reason why that line is so important, I actually texted David after it happened, was that clip finally completed our, our years-long journey to referencing every single song from John Cena's classic 2005 debut album, You Can't See Me. Every single track has been played at some point or another in an underemployed episode. I promised you people 
back in the state of the show that we would finish our goal that we weren't quite done with it yet. And I made it a point the rest of the year to fit in whatever references I had left. You actually just heard another one in an earlier clip. This is the dedication and the lore of Underemployed. You could see, I wish you people could see David's face right now. I wish this was a video podcast. He is impressed. He is humbled. He is... I'm something. He's bemused, one could yeah, say. Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting warmer. Bemused might be a better way to describe it. But that made... This is why the show is important to the culture. Because we tie loose ends together. You could talk about your serials and your true crime podcasts that, you know, help open cold cases, blah, 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 blah. This is the most important podcast you're ever going to listen to. And it's for reasons like this, where David and I come up with ideas, we birth them, we watch them mature, we feed them, we clothe them, we bathe them, and then they become full functioning members of podcast society. Functioning? It's a way to describe it. Full, certainly. Yeah. Functioning is a bit generous. We are, we, we're something, that is true. Anyway, that's why that clip was played. Because it's a seminal moment in underemployed history. Four plus years in the making. Go buy You Can't See Me. It's a great album. Uh, don't, yeah, don't even stream it. Buy it. Buy the CD. If you can find it. Yeah. Because you can't see it. <laughs> no, because it's a now 16-year-old album? Yeah, and also CDs have become obsolete, but still. Yeah, and they probably did a limited run because it was WWE Records, not a... That album went platinum. No bullshit. Oh, yeah. Oh, David just... Oh, I hope it's like the E.T. game where they just collected them all and then buried them in a desert somewhere. Oh, man. You are underselling the classic that is you can't see. I think I'm adequately selling it. Yeah, you could argue that. Episode 68, Return of the Mac. Of course, to reference to David's... Uh, this is also a classic us thing. How, how David cooks mac and cheese. I think you because we were coming up with Thanksgiving and nice. how you like to cook. I, You and I always also have this... Um, We've talked on the show before. I firmly believe it's almost impossible to screw up mac and cheese. I think you have a you have a higher tolerance for what you want your mac and cheese to be, right? Um, so I don't think it's... I, I think it's very easy to screw up mac and cheese. Interesting. And I will acknowledge that I have made some not very good mac in the past. What do you think was the key to making consistently good mac and cheese in your eyes? Um... Not getting too complicated with it. And mm-hmm. I think that's been my problem in the past is that okay. I get to try and do too many things. You know, try and have herbs in it. And I try and, you know, use five kinds of cheese and I try and use this and that and like breadcrumbs and Taco Bell hot sauce on top and it's just doing too fucking much. But there's also, I'm sure, a little bit of a balance of sometimes you got to experiment and see what sure. works. Sure. And yeah. then I also think I didn't make a, there have definitely been times where, where the roux that I made was just not, just not the best. Yeah. So. But you know what? You learned and now you can make a consistently good Mac. So yes, definitely. So we also talked about that. Um, the end of the episode thing is very true. I, I like the Queen Lizzie part. I actually was waited a day to release the episode because I was like, oh, Aaron Judge looks like he's going to sign with the Giants. I want to document it. And then uh, I signed with the Yanks. Yeah, I was actually at a uh, I was actually at a breakfast with the morning team at the station, and they had ESPN on the background, and I saw the breaking news stinger, and I saw Aaron Judge signing signed with the Yanks, and I was just like. And it's okay. Because you know why, David? Sports don't matter. No, sports have never mattered. They've never mattered. We matter. People matter. Relationships matter. Sports I mean, the matter. relationships you have with your sports teams matter, but like, sports team. 
You're not out there playing. Yeah, they don't matter. Actually, I'm surprised I didn't put that in the clips. I think I actually meant the original, the OG Sports of Matter thing. I thought that was meant to go somewhere. Anyway, um, this was around the World Cup. And this was in the middle of the World Cup. And I wanted to play um, what were some good contributions, I feel like, to David's soccer analysis. Let's take a listen. Uh, and better than talking about domestic sports because... Wait, this is the sports What am I going to talk about? The Lakers? Sports don't matter. I have to pause the clip. I introed the wrong episode. <laughs> This is Keep Your Oven Open. This is episode 67, so I, I completely fucked this up. We're going back. Uh, the, the mac and cheese part is true for the next episode, by the way. Uh, David's very true on that. But this one is 67, Keep Your Oven Open, which I have to say, David, probably our best episode title ever. Oh, definitely. Because it's true. Keep your oven open. Don't be a pansy. Don't, you know. Carbon monoxide poisoning to open on the libs. Yep. Um, Especially my... now that they apparently yeah. want to ban gas stoves. Yeah. Now here, now here is the full clip. We are a global show. We yes, have we are. Technically global listeners, I think. I could check the stats on that. Uh, and better than talking about domestic sports because... What am I going to talk about? The Lakers? Sports don't matter. Sports don't matter. Are they even 500? Sports don't matter? They're, I believe, 3-10 and 10 as of this recording. Sports don't matter. Sports don't matter. Sports don't matter. Our relationship with each other and our relationship with the Lord and our mental health and our physical health is what matters. Lord Pretty Flacco Jody? The... The the fact that we're sitting here talking about trap sports, sports are a man-made construct. Sports are a figment of our imagination, all right? We need to be brothers and sisters together. We don't need to worry about sports and what the meaning is. Do, someone's pointing out to me that the Lakers have a terrible record and they're one of the worst teams in basketball. That doesn't matter. Sports don't matter. I keep insisting They're this. tanking for Wemby. It'd Who would have thought? Well, it would have been great, theoretically, if they were tanking for Wembenyana, except the Pelicans have their draft pick this year, so they're not even going to keep Wembenyana. He'd go straight to Nolans with Zion and, and get some gumbo and uh, shrimp. But again, it doesn't matter because sports don't matter. So why would I be upset about that? Sports don't matter. Remember that, kids. Sports don't matter. So that is the clip that matters. Sports don't matter. Um, I realized that early on in this season when the Lakers started 2-10. You know, your whole point about sports not mattering and what matters is the people and the connections feels amusing considering that Kyrie Irving got traded again. We should talk about it. You should. Let's talk about this quickly. On the internet, Lakers fans are in a huff that they didn't get Kyrie Irving, who they think, for some reason, is going to not do what Kyrie always does, which is be a malcontent be an absolute cancer in the locker room mm-hmm. be just a generally unpleasant dickhead mm-hmm. and burn the castle to the ground for no reason just be a self-centered chuckle fuck mm-hmm. 100% you're, you're, you're batting a thousand right now and we're somehow surprised that the Lakers missed like a dozen games off of some bullshit that's yeah, not even like an take... injury yeah no he just went, he just was like hey man I'm just taking some PTO actually they're unexcused absences even with Kyrie and yet, and also the Mavericks have a much better trade package. And yet, Lakers fans are like, "Oh my God, this is the GM's fault, Rob Palenka. This is the downfall of the franchise." And I look at that and I go, "Oh, Kyrie's the downfall of the franchise." Thank you, David. Holy not shit. getting Kyrie's the downfall of the franchise. Oh not selling God. the farm. Not selling the farm for Anthony Davis, who's maybe played. 120 games in four years? I was damn near praying that they wouldn't get Kyrie because that isn't going to help a damn bit of it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, another ball another ball hog. Just, my God, he's such a not good contributor to a championship team. He has, he has won a championship. I will give hey, him he was a, credit. Yes, sure. And then he just... And then the wheels fell off right oh, after yeah. that. Absolutely. And they've been off for six fucking years. <laughs> yeah. 
The wheels have been off for Kyrie longer than they were on. Yes, yes, actually that's true, yes. Because the flat earth thing had already sort of started by that point. We just kind of kept it under wraps, and then he just went full Kyrie. Well, you know, as, uh, as many people have pointed out, him being traded to Dallas gives him uh, much closer access to Alex Jones. Yes, who we, who we theorized yesterday, David. Uh, so our pet theory now is that, uh, given the fact that Alex Jones has declared both personal and professional bankruptcy and thus cannot afford in theory, uh, courtside NBA seats, uh, I'm speculating that it won't be, it it will be simply a matter of time before we see Alex Jones sitting in the green room with all of the Insta models that the young players bring to the game. So you'll have Alex Jones yelling, Infowarsstore.com! And all of their uh, story posts. And as someone replied to in the tweet David sent me, wearing a 7XL Kyrie jersey with no shirt underneath, shirt underneath just to kind of bring it all home and really just complete the whole image of Alex Jones. Superman Vitality Max! Oh, boy. That would be... Um, you know what? They're fit for each other. One could argue. Having said that, I'd still probably rather watch Kyrie play basketball. But, you know. I'm not really keen on either of them at this point. All right. Well, you know, I should certainly hope you're not keen on Alex Jones. Uh, no, no, never. Not even back in the day, no. Anyway, now that I've gotten the episodes all out of order, this is the clip from Return of the Mac. This is the soccer clip. So I think I think Reem will probably be gone. Uh, I would certainly hope that Walker Zimmerman is gone. Uh, I don't think he particularly played a very good tournament. Um, he really is a Hans? Hmm? Hmm? Sorry. Sorry, continue. Sorry, that was my soccer analysis. Uh, that's Zimmer, not Zimmerman. <laughs> basically, they're basically brothers at that point. Yeah, cousins. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no reason that we should be letting Mexico fucking come into our come into our backyard and take our take our talent. I want to isolate that last sentence specifically and just completely misinterpret it for future use. Go ahead. <laughs> it's just there's no reason we should be letting Mexico come into our backyard and take our talent. Yeah. Just, I might even cut off the talent part. They took our job! They took our job! They took our job! That is, ladies and gentlemen, what we call long-term storytelling. When I was, I heard that clip and I said, that'll be great in isolation. Um, if you want to go back and listen to full context for that clip, you're welcome to. I'd like to point out that I uh, called the World Cup winner. You did? You called uh, Argentina? Argentina? Yeah. Oh, good for you. Yeah. And you also said, uh, keep Mexico out of our borders. On the, on the show, which I'm very proud of. You've, yes, you've, Mexico Mexico should not be allowed to just come into the U.S. and poach talent. Thank you, yeah. You, uh, you set up for your convictions, and I like that, you know? Goddamn right. Yeah. Maybe we should, maybe we should build a wall to keep them out. No. Right? That's all right. Just stricter border control. The wall <laughs> fucks up a whole lot more than it helps. Episode 69. Especially when you consider that illegal border crossing is about as serious as a jaywalking ticket in the U.S. criminal code. Fifth annual... Undie Awards. One of our favorite shows every year. I actually wore a suit. He did. An actual charcoal I'd set on the show with a turtleneck and everything. I I I looked I was dashing, I would say, one could say. Ravishing. I was very proud, David, that we were able to close the Richmond Coliseum in style. It's a nice building with history and deserve to go out. You could have the Philharmonic close it out like it did allegedly a few years prior. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. Boring as shit. Boring. We packed rabid, hungry jackals of our fans into the stadium. Not literal jackals, although that would also be a fun adventure if we did that. 
We packed. Only, I'm only gonna. I'm only gonna let us have jackals if we're also gonna have uh, grunt birthday party in, engaged. You got it. Now, what also was beautiful was that we mentioned the wonderful tradition of Takanakoi, Ter- which, as we now know, is when uh, men, women, and children fist fight each other to settle grudges. In a rural village in Peru. As I said on the show, and I'll say now, I think we a good tradition to adopt. It's a violent good way to just get all that out and then after that you you get beers i think after that it's good i'll smack you in the mouth i'm neil diamond i also speaking of long-term story i want when we talk about killing mbappe because that had happened the day after the world cup final which agreed with david amazing deserved every award he got it's a real it's a real bummer that the the most reprehensible maybe the most reprehensible country that's hosted a world cup in modern memory got maybe had, the best final ever had had maybe the best tournament and also ironic that the country that had no alcohol available for sale had the drunkest world cup yes <laughs> irony it's not just how iron tastes but those Kylian Mbappe clips of after his name the first time we referenced them on episode 12 i pulled those exact same clips from that because if you're a fan of underemployed lore of which there are like 6 of you you appreciate those references. This is hard work. Also, um, it's not in the clip, but Nick forcing David to read his acceptance speech is beautiful. Basically at gunpoint, it felt like, when you had to read some of that stuff. And as you, you'll hear it in the, in the uh, supercut at the end, but you even stop to say, my parents listen to this show. These are just some fun clips from fun categories. One of my favorite things that David and I can do every year is when we get unexpected winners. Um, it's not in the clip, but David picking Pete Davidson, and we explained it on the show, to win the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award for... Being Pete Davidson. Just being a dude. Defying everyone's expectations. And these are a couple from earlier in the show. Let's take a listen. A lot of you would also be saying, hey, you guys were putting 60,000 people in RFK Stadium last year. You're at a venue now where we got about 15,000, 16,000 of you, depending on floor seating. Um... Is that a step down? And I would say, David, no. And do you want to guess why that's no? Because tickets are four times more expensive. Exactly. You read my mind correctly. We just jacked up the ticket prices because we knew you people would pay for them. The winner of album of the year requires a little backstory. I want to take everyone here back. It's September 2003. David is just entering his freshman year of high school. David and I had different times in our lives. And we were still best friends. And there was one thing that brought us together. I would say it brought the country together. I would say it brought the culture together. There was a video game release in September of 2003 that took the world by storm. And it featured a cast of characters from one of the most popular and beloved television shows of all time. Took place in Springfield. Are you seriously bringing up Hit and Run again? Hold on. You know I do. The Simpsons Hit and Run, for my money, the best video game ever made. It has everything you want. Story voice acting, bumble uh, wasps, uh, it has drama, uh, it technically has multiplayer, anything you want in a video game. This is all coming from a man who clearly has not played Breath of the Wild. I have not, actually, you are correct. However, it took a long time for anything to come out of it. People want it remastered, people want a sequel, none of those are probably going to come to fruition. However, in September of 2022, out of the blue on streaming services, came an album that was the official soundtrack, soundtrack, 19 years after the fact, David's happy about this, to The Simpsons Hit and Run. Finally, we as a society can gather together 
to find our favorite songs from our favorite levels of Simpsons Hidden Run. My eyes are rolling so far back into my head, I'm looking at my own brain. Because he's so happy that he just can't contain his excitement. Monkey see, monkey dough, incriminating caffeine, all of our favorites. We all have them. We're all at home. You're all at home probably going, oh yes, I remember from Bart's second level. So I wanted to give a special shout out to the Simpsons Hidden Run official soundtrack, which is our proud winner of the 2022 album of the year. A long time coming. Frankly, should have been 19 years earlier, but David, this is my proud winner of Album of the Year. What? Exactly. You know, one of the things I liked about that was you sounded surprised, and yet I think by the end I had convinced you that that was the worthy and right pick. Oh, is that the tone I was giving off? Yeah, I think so. You sounded like you you Ooh. bought what I was selling. That mm. You're telling me that after that... After that won the Undie Award, then you had to drive back for work the next day that you weren't bumping that whole thing in the car? No. But it's on Spotify. Yes, and? I just... I can't put two and two together. It's on, It's available. Yes, and? For you to listen to. And it's one of the best albums ever made. Best compositions of music ever made. I explained it. I'm not saying you have to. I just figured it would be like me saying, hey... Nope. There's free ice cream. You can have it. And you're like, no, I don't want it. I'm just going to take it because it's there. More discerning taste than that. Where's the ice cream from? What's the flavor? This is the best gosh damn ice cream you've ever had in your life. It's the richest, most exquisite, best made, best prepared, best thought ice cream that has ever even been conceived. That's this ice cream. The Simpsons and Run soundtrack is every single great flavor of ice cream coming together in one giant that orgy. That sounds like a sloppy, disgusting mess. No, it sounds like a beautiful concoction of amazingness. Sounds like donkey juice. Donkey juice actually was my favorite N64 game back in the day, so I'll give you that. <laughs> that. My point being that that album spoke to a generation. It Is was that what it did? It was the thrill... <laughs> It was the thriller of the early 2000s. I remember, I think IGN yes, wrote that the in the Yes, the thriller of the early 2000s when Resident <laughs> Evil was cranking out some yeah. real winners. But tell me a classic track off any of the 28 Resident Evil soundtracks. I, I can give you 45 right now on Simpsons Hit and Run soundtrack. Well, brings us to our final episode. Ebony and Ivory and Ivory and Ivory... I like that episode title. It's a anyway. great episode title. <laughs> I appreciate it. I was a little skeptical and I was like, because the other alternative title was the PFJs and I was like, ah, nah, just go with this. This is, this is better. Um, I will say recording four people on one mic always sucks and there's no great way around it. And Jessica and Julie and Jessica kind of both seem to have a cold to uh, getting near the mic. So we had to work with it, but you could kind of tell when she, she had told me for you she really wanted to meet you, David. And she afterwards told me that she was so excited to meet you, that you were so cool to her. And so just on, on the record, I want to say that you were really cool. She really appreciated that and made her feel welcome. So You're my best. You do. And she's a huge fan of the show. So I'm glad we got her on. It was nice to see Julie again. Um, we may end up cutting this part out, but I will say the underemployed curse may have struck again because we recorded at Julie's apartment, which was great. And Julie found out like a few days later that uh, the owners are selling the apartment, so she has to move out. So maybe maybe the curse has carried on, unfortunately, after the uh, Shock G incident of a couple years ago. But you know what? It's okay because we're underemployed. Underemployed strong. 
Let's get some let's get some shirts with that hashtag and like a flag of Lou Bega. We did have to cut some stuff because you know work work. I I didn't include it because it was just again the clips would have been too long. I love the Billie Eilish story that Jessica had to cover Billie Eilish without knowing who Billie Eilish was when Billie Eilish was arguably the biggest music star in the country at that point. Never not be funny to me. You came up with you ended up coming up with David what I thought would have been another great episode title which is killing tyrants with your titties titties out. And I wanted to include a clip where all four of us, I felt like, kind of had a good rapport going. And again, you can hear the audio difficulty in it, but it really made me laugh. We called back to an old underemployed reference, and David had a funny line there. So let's all take a listen. I know you did morning shifts for a while at times. and It's just the hours for me. Oh, yeah, you no. have to get up at 2 a.m. I know, I know. Yeah. Everyone who's ever worked on a morning shift in Parkersburg or Richmond says the same thing. They like the show. They like the people. They like the environment. The hours suck. The hours suck because you have to get up early, you have to go to bed early. Yeah. But I actually love getting off at like noon. That's the best the feeling. Whole day. Yeah. There is something, even with my reverse schedule, of like, oh, I'm done at seven in the morning. There is something nice about that. Yeah. What time are you going to work? 11 p.m. now. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah but he can walk to work. That's true. I, I, it's a block and a half from my apartment. What's and... funny is that he's been doing this. this Like, I wouldn't have lasted. I would have gotten out of the business if I were you. Uh, well, I had a nice three months, little <laughs> three months gap in between the last year. Uh, that helps. Um, like, are you tired right now? Oh, very. I yeah. haven't been sleeping well well the last few weeks. Um, and somehow he doesn't drink coffee. Yeah, no, what? because I don't need, it's not a, it's just like, I've never needed caffeine because I have too much energy. In fact, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a little, it would be a little alarming. So I also, I'm not, I like tea, but I'm not a coffee guy. I don't like the taste that much. So I don't particularly like the, the taste either, but it is a means to an end. True. Yeah. Actually, the first time I ever got coffee, Julie was with you. I don't remember oh, where we went. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's right. When we went out to Pittsburgh. Was yep. it stuffed full of French fries? Yes. <laughs> We've also, oh, like the from Annie's. Yes, yeah. We have told the story, and I mean, we've, that was like one of the very, very, very first episodes of Underemployed was uh, <laughs> that we went out to Pittsburgh. And do you remember what was going I mean, we can cut this if you want, but do you remember what was going on that night? The amateur porn festival, porn festival. as well. Yes. In Pittsburgh? Yes. Because yes. we were there, we were looking for something fun to do, and that was the first thing that came up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jack, yeah, do you want to go? And we considered it, and then we were ultimately like, no. It. So it was like a theater, it was like a film festival, basically, for people to share their amateur porn. And we both were like, briefly considering, and then we eventually went at the same time. And that has now <laughs> turned into OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. Only fan killed the amateur porn <laughs> festival. It's a sad story. What? Yeah, no. But we ultimately. More got, than 11. We also. <laughs> That's actually our new freaking story. Yeah. Happy fifth anniversary to Underemployed. As you know, I am a self-proclaimed super fan of the show, which you people should really, really appreciate. Oh, and thanks for letting me be on the show this year. That was awesome. Yeah. We uh, First of all, Jessica, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you, David, for that incredible conclusion to the... You know, I was, I was just thinking to myself... What is what does Yinzer dirty talk sound like? Oh God! <laughs> it's whatever the opposite of an aphrodisiac it would be would be that. <laughs> oh my God! Ugh. Yeah. Out of all the, if I ever need to think unsexy thoughts for any reason, it's going to be exactly that in exactly that scenario. <laughs> Some people think of baseball. I'm thinking of that. <laughs> if I could do a good, Yin's going to come down and blow this hair back out. You guys want to stuff me with, want to stuff me just like that there Permane sandwich? Oh, brother, this guy What do I love stinks. about that? 
What I love about that is... Um, I don't even know if that's what Yinzers sound like. It's close enough, I'm pretty sure. Probably not. And also the fact that... Um, this will follow Jessica's clip, but Jessica was so careful to not curse or anything. So if this comes up on the best of, now we're just getting fucking... We're just fucking thrown in. We also don't have to play it. We can cut it. No, we're playing it. It was fucking hilarious. Right. We're absolutely playing it. Uh, Jessica knows the deal. She's, she knows what she signed up for. And I also want to thank Jessica for being the only person out of the three I asked who replied actually gave me a uh, uh, congratulatory message for the fifth year anniversary. Nick didn't do it, and Julie didn't do it. So Gold star for you. Exactly. Actually, right after we stopped recording, Julie did uh, send me a message. She said, congrats on five years. I'm impressed you guys have kept it going so long, and I hope Underemployed lives on for decades to come. Sincerely, PFJ. Well, Julie, I hope our friendship last for decades too i would probably make some snide comment but i'm very very tired and i just appreciate the sincerity uh your reward is um i don't know we already had you praise and admiration sure um you're very good at your job and i'm glad you're my friend jessica hell yeah yeah all right that's enough of the sincerity uh that brings us to the end of an incredible year for underemployed we set a lot of goals for ourselves um we didn't hit all of our goals but it's good to set lofty goals, even if you don't expect to achieve them. Give yourself something to strive for. That's an incredibly prophetic message to end on. I want you people to take that home. Sure, you may fail miserably, and sure, you may be a slovenly mess, and sure, you may end up hurting yourself worse in the long term, but sometimes you got to set goals. Some good content. I would say reach for the stars so if you fall, you land on the cloud, but we're, we're still not... We're still not really quoting Kanye right now. So, um... I mean, he's not the first person who came up with a line like that. Probably not, but he but he rhymed it well. That was the first time it rhymed that well. And sure. So, uh, prophetically, again, I'll say, uh, keep your oven open. Yeah. And keep your options open. But keep your oven open. Keep your oven open. Mostly. Yeah. Especially in the morning. Especially in the morning. Don't you know I'm still standing better than I ever did Looking like a Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a celebration, bitches. Turn the volume down on Hillary Duff. This will live in the annals of history. There'll be a, a what? A what? Hands are very hard to draw. Damn, that is... Damn. I've been praying every day since 2018 for the downfall of both of you as individuals and as a collective, and as of yet, nothing has happened. You could kick an old woman down a flight of stairs, you just shouldn't do it. On the other hand, we got a boob. The doubters, the haters, the bitch-ass marks, the mark-ass bitches. Who are you, a cop? You have to tell me if you are. Do they knock at the buck? Those son bitches are heavy. A distinguished gentleman. That blazer is gonna turn that pirate into a human lobster. Holy man's gotta eat. You think God stays in heaven for he too lives in fear? The creatures that he created. Couldn't quite get the job done, those big old cocks. C'est magnifique. Flawless logic, ladies and gentlemen. This entire region is garbage. It's a lovely story. It has a full narrative arc. Okay, uh, feet shits where you draw the line. Emotional blackmail works. I've been called respectful. Salute to peanut butter. You're a nerd if you don't play in the club for your kid's birthday. I respect the women. <laughs> no, sweet summer child. I am a sellout. I'm a whore. Whatever you want to call me, I have no shame in my game. AKA the Summer G's. Seems a bit circle jerky. Think about the tip of your dick. I think about it off. Leg days for chumps. No, 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 no. 
pants. Have to get to. That flew over my head. Who doesn't dream of being a dancing queen? Bunch of bitches. Wait, what? Exactly. It's possible. Psych, I don't give a shit. AKA, Mr. Cocker and Doug, gimme dome. Gritty's lightning in a bottle. In a genie in a bottle. Chrissy, wake up. Underemployed strikes again. Choo choo, motherfucker. No other word for it, we're stupid. Big step up from Joe Montana. Just a mess. Just an absolute mess. I work with a lot of Swifties. So they brought a raw chicken through carry-on. Yeah. First of all, why? I hate to give Velveeta any credit. Wah. Bestowed the name of Shaquille. Sports battering and sexuality are fluid. Boo. We're like your sugar daddies. Hey, with reason. Roger Maris, old and busted. Disgusting, disturbing, and alarming. I don't think he should have said sweet, sweet semen on a song. That's weird. Yuck, yuck. Oh, bubblegum goodness. I'd rather not have another concussion. The ship be sinking. Respect bag getters. My parents listen to this. Today I'm a woman. Oh boy, is that a hot take. Grabbing each other's butts. We were snacking on fried gator. Yeah, but he's not dead. I mean, he's dead to us. We are very bad people. Judge. Squatters rights, bitches. <laughs> These idiots. It's not personal. Burn them to the ground. Baltimore loves me. A classic conundrum in the underemployed <laughs> history. A frame-by-frame frame assessment. She seems like a professional lady. A hostile takeover, we would say? I would say hostile takeover. Do you feel like you're responsible for the world shutting down? Throw her under the bus. <laughs> I, just killing tyrants with your titties out. You're allowed to talk. It's a podcast. Gross. We were so <laughs> flattered and confused. It's surprisingly not that bad. We jack and the cockroaches when the world ends. Well, that's a depressing note to leave you on. You stop peeing on the carpet so much. I'm gonna piss all over your floorboards. You are mean. I'm here to learn. I'm a tertiary friend. You, first of all, stop tearing friendships. <laughs> stop tearing friendships. I'm on top. Brittany's been freed. If you're gonna be mean, at least be funny. Yeah, at least be funny.